What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is more than just Ethos Grizzlies. This is like, I was going to say Ethos Avengers, but I think Lyle kind of already claimed that term. We got a whole squad here with us tonight. There's six of us from, let's see, Corbin is with Round Ball Ramble here at Sports Ethos. You have heard him heard from him already in this draft season. Will Harris is back round two for him. We got Rhett Bauer. Rhett is going to be our resident Indiana Pacer. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's not where it was. I'm stumbling <laughs> with it. But, but Rhett is our, our Pacers guy. He hosts our Dynasty Basketball Podcast, Punt Intended. We got Mr. Stephen Miguel. And I, are you going to unmute your mic and talk to us, Stephen? No, yes, I'm going to mute so you can't. Steven is our front office guy. He uh, he hosts the Bird Rides podcast. And you know we couldn't do draft stuff without my guy, Isaac. How's everybody doing tonight? Can I complain? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm just uh, ready for this Chet Holmgren draft, man. You know you know how that is. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm excited. I'm ready to shock some picks and react to some. It's going to be great. We, we've got I mean, I was doing, uh, let, I let Chet was doing good. I was doing good until you uh, introduced everyone's podcast except for mine. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Will, Will does the all-rookie podcast. Will, like, you were the most recent one on the show. If they don't know what show you're doing, man, I apologize. <laughs> Will does this all year round. He talks about these guys pre-draft, and then he covers them throughout the year to keep up with all of the rookies. So definitely go and check out all the pods. So we got everybody together. We're going to do a mock draft both rounds, one through not 60. I was going to say 61 through 58 this year. We're going to start with pick one. We're going to do it in a fantasy-style draft and the fact that we're doing it state snake style. So one through six, and then we're going to reverse the order and just see how it goes. You may hear some crazy stuff. Will is probably going to take somebody from Barbara uh, <laughs> at you know Boston or something in the first round. It's going to be crazy. I guarantee it. The order is going to be Corbin's going to lead us off. He's going to start with Orlando. Steven's got OKC. Isaac has Houston. I had no, I'm sorry. Will has Sacramento at four. I have the Pistons at five. Rhett has the Pacers at six. And then we run it back. So, Corbin, you are officially on the clock for the All Orlando right. Magic. Number one overall pick. Who are the Magic taking? Whew. I mean, here we go. Uh, with the first pick, you know, the Orlando Magic – we are taking, you've heard it, you've seen it, mock drafts mostly all over, Jabari Smith Jr. out of Auburn. That, that is the number one pick. Um, I think he's one of the more dynamic scorers in this year's draft. One of the best shooters easily, like his length, like what he brings in the defensive end. I think he is or an Orlando Magic type fit. And I think he's going to really help the guard succeed because he's a perfect uh, bailout option, whether it's Jalen Suggs or Cole Anthony. So we are going with Jabari Smith Jr. That is an easy number one pick from him. Steven, number two, OKC, where are you going, man? I'm going to go with Chet Holmgren, center from Gonzaga. Um, there, there are all some concerns about his frame, but OKC does like those long kind of guys that are great on the defensive ends. Um, he can shoot a little bit, which is something OKC could definitely utilize. And, yeah, I, I, they definitely need a big man, so – I think he's best player available, and I also think that he is um, – he makes the most sense with everyone on the board at number two. I like the pairing with him and Giddy. You know, obviously they have SGA, so that, that's another great player. But 
I just feel like you saw a lot of, of Chet's three-point shooting come as a trailer on the break this year. And Josh get Josh Giddy is a willing passer. And so I think that those two guys are just going to play very well off of each other. I like that pick. Now we are to yeah. the Houston Rockets. Isaac, who you got for the Rockets at three? This is a no-brainer. I know yeah, man. <laughs> man, the Houston Rockets, man. It's been been crazy, man. We got rid of James Harden, didn't didn't really work out for us, man. Did end up with Jalen Green, got some young pieces. And I think we're gonna add another one, man, with the third pick. Houston Rockets select Paolo Banchero forward out of Duke. Um, pair him with Jalen Green, man. I think you got a a, a one-two punch there that can could be good for for years to come. And I think Paolo can Paolo can score from all over the floor, man. Just really advanced on the end of the floor, man. A lot of different ways to score. Three levels four. Uh, just needs to continue to get more consistency on his three-point shot and work on that defense, man. But I think think he's a star to make it, man. We're glad to have him here in Houston. All right. The first three goes as expected. And on draft night, I think that we can all pretty much agree that unless there is a trade somewhere, the top three is going to be those three guys in some way, shape, or form. Now we get to where the real draft begins. Will, you got the Kings at number four. And also, I probably should have prefaced with this. We are not doing trades. We're just going to, you know, run down the board just like they're laid out right now. Pretty sure we're going to see some trades on draft night, but we're not going to try and navigate through all of that tonight. We're just going to pick them where they're at. Right, and at four, the Kings have a really tough decision. It'll be interesting to see which way they go because they can go with the best fit or the best player. And if I'm selecting, I have to go with the best player. And to me, that is Jaden Ivey. Um, and he's a six-four guard out of Purdue. He can do it all. I mean, I think he is a franchise-changing player. To me, he's the second-best player in this draft. And it will cause another log jam in Sacramento, but they're just going to have to make a trade with one of those three guards and get another position down the road. I don't think the Kings can pass him up. Yeah, I think in this case, where you're at in the draft, you have to go best player available. And I agree, Jaden Ivey is that guy. So that moves it to the Detroit Pistons at number five. And I am picking for the Pistons. And it's it's a little weird when you look at different mock drafts, you, they have different guys. Uh, Shaden Sharp is a guy that's getting a lot of gas here recently. And, and I'm just not sold on him. So for me, the next best player available because this early in the draft, I'm not worried about fit. I'm taking the guy that's the best on the board, and that's Keegan Murray, 6'8", power forward out sure. of Iowa. He, he can do it all, man. And, and Detroit needs guys. They need guys that, that are talented. They, they've got a pretty good core right now. You know, they got Cade and uh, Killian Hayes, I think, is still we're, – we're still going to see a lot of growth from him. So, you, you know, you got Sadiq Bay, Cade, Killian Hayes. You had Keegan Murray to the mix as another young guy that can really bring it. And I, I think that would be a great pick for the Pistons. Yeah, man. On Keegan Murray, man, I'm a big fan. You know, I've liked him for a while. I liked him so much that I picked Iowa to win the national championship and blew up my bracket on the first day. So, uh, but, but Keegan Murray, I think, has one of the highest floors in the draft. Like, I don't think there's any chance that he's just a bust. I think that he, I mean, he does so many things well. I don't know if he's a guy that projects as a superstar, but I mean, he's a guy I think that's going to be a, Really, really good player along for a long time. I think it's a super safe pick, man. I think he fits well with Detroit. I'm like with David, man. I don't 
I'm not sold on Shaden Sharp. I know he was awesome in high school, but I mean, that's pretty much what you know on him, man. I would be scared to take him that high. I would definitely go with Keegan Murray there at five if I was Detroit. Yeah, see, as a Pacers fan, I'm really hoping that Detroit does not go that route. I'd like to see (laughs) one of these teams talk themselves into Sharp or anybody else to let somebody like Keegan Murray fall if we can't end up trading up to take a guy like Ivy. But since that's not what we're doing here, the Indiana Pacers (laughs) with pick six will take Benedict Matherin uh, from Arizona. Um, Two-way player, shoots the heck out of the ball. I think he has a little bit more distribution than what he showed at Arizona. Fits really well with Tyrese Halliburton, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, even though I would most certainly take Keegan if he was available there. And then I guess I'll move on to seven with yep, the Portland yep, Trail Blazers. Back to back. Yeah. So yeah. Out, of, out of the entire lottery, like, you know, if you're talking one through 15, I think this pick right here is the least likely to end up with a team that has it right now. I don't see yes. any way that Portland actually makes this pick on draft. Oh, agreed. I'll agree with that. I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see what they can actually get for seven and what they're willing to attach to it. Because I think I've seen some OG talk. I've seen some Jeremy Grant talk. I even saw somebody post something about Julius Randle. Look, if the Knicks can get seven for Julius Randle, I'll go buy his jersey. There's absolutely no chance in the world that's going to happen. But since we're not doing trades, number seven, Portland Trail Blazers will select A.J. Griffin, wing from Duke. Got to have that shooting. (laughs) Got to have the wings. You know, you know, Portland doesn't have any wings out there. Um, might not be, might be some questions about his athleticism, but I, I still want him out there in Portland. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was talking to Red a little bit before he came on and the more film that I watch on Griffin, the, the, the more that I like him. And I even told him that I thought at, at six, that may be a guy that would fit in Indiana that, I don't know that the talent level between him and Matherin is that much different enough to say that Matherin is clearly better than Griffin. And so, you know, it wouldn't, I don't think it's likely, but I definitely wouldn't be upset to see him go to Indiana at six, because I think that he is a guy that is going to be able to come out and contribute day one. So that moves us to pick number eight. We're moving along pretty well here. We'll see how, see if this keeps going. We're going to get into probably some heated discussions when we get to certain guys here. The New Orleans Pelicans are on the clock, and this is fitting. I'm actually working in New Orleans this week, and I get to make the pick for the Pelicans. And I just said that I'm not sold on Shaden Sharp, but I think that the Pelicans are in a spot with their depth that they can afford to take him and kind of take the risk as a guy that you, you have Zion there, and you have CJ and BI to kind of bridge that gap. And, and Ingram's still fairly young, too. I don't, does anybody know what, what's he in? Is he like 20, 25? 25. Yeah. I knew he was 25. He was yeah. So, you know, you've got a guy in Sharp that they can take time to develop him. I think that they're in a position, they don't necessarily have to go after a guy that's producing this year because they have quite a bit of depth. There's not a lot of, a lot of guys leaving that roster. So I'm going to go Shaden Sharp for the Pelicans at eight. That's good. You know, it's funny. I just checked just now uh, to double to double check. He will be 25 for all intents and purposes by the time this whole thing is done, but he actually is still 24. Crazy. Okay. I'm No, I'm just shocked by the age of it, but okay, no, yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't I, – I knew that he wasn't past 26, I thought he was 25 but I didn't easy. know exactly where yeah. he was at. 
So moving along. Oh, no, I didn't know he was still. Yeah, I get you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, pick number nine goes to the San Antonio Spurs, and that is Will Harris. Will, who you got at number nine for the Spurs? Well, for me, the Spurs have a logjam of guards, so it makes it a little tougher. So I'm trying to fit uh, Ford in there for them. Uh, You know, I hate that Benedict Matherin is off the board. And, you know, I would go with Dyson Daniels, but like I said, they have a lot of guards. So I'm going to have to stick to my guns and go with my guy, Jalen Williams from Arkansas, the 6'10 big man that can do it all. You know, (laughs) his best attribute is probably passing, but I mean, he can shoot the ball. He can score in the paint, score from the perimeter. I feel he has a huge upside. And I think a lot of people will be shocked by this pick, but a lot of people were shocked by the Spurs pick last year with Josh Primo. So you just have to trust the process. So what what about Jalen Williams <laughs> would put him over? Like I, I'm I'm genuinely interested in knowing like what puts him over a guy like Usman Jang or Nikola Jovic. Um, Tari Eason is a guy that's getting some lottery talk that is a forward. Uh Jeremy Sohan from Baylor, he's another, he's a six nine forward. What do you like so much about Williams that you're taking him over these other guys that are getting the hype right now? Well, some of those guys are projects, but they have a high upside. And then for the most part, Jalen Williams, his offensive game is just levels beyond theirs. You know, he can, like I said, he can shoot the three very well and that will only improve. And I mean, uh, like some of these guys are just defensive players. Some are rim runners. Some may not turn out to be anything. <laughs> I'm not going to call any names, but I feel Jalen Williams has great potential to be a star in this league. Right. If I'm the Spurs, there's no chance I'm passing on Shohan. You know, you got that you got that man Chip over there in San Antonio. Turn him into a shooter, be nasty. Shohan, no, I don't. I don't see it. <laughs> yep. What y'all Still see in all Shohan, I see in Jalen Williams. Wow. First shock of the draft. And listen, it, it wouldn't be surprising to see the Spurs take somebody that you're not expecting there because I don't remember seeing a single person last year project Primo to go to them that early. So the, the Spurs are all about if if they believe that that's their guy, they're going to go out and they're going to take their guy. So I, I don't know. I'm not convinced that they're going to say Jalen Williams. I don't think they're calling him on draft night. But it wouldn't surprise me to see them go outside of the box and take somebody that they like that's not necessarily up as high as what you expect them to be. Yeah, I could, I could see Dean go there. I, I could definitely see that. Seems like a San Antonio Spurs pick. I mean, they're always there to outsmart you kind of kind of front office. Like, you, every, almost every time they make a pick, you're kind of surprised with who they're taking. I was a big primo guy, and I didn't – had no idea, didn't see him going that early, man. But they they pulled the, pulled the trigger on him, man. So, I, I'm with you, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them kind of think outside the box at all. That's kind of their M.O. So, Isaac, that puts you on the clock. Number 10, the Washington Wizards. Who are you going with for them? Yeah, man, the Washington Wizards, man, they're a team that can – they just need talent, uh, just need better players to try to – because I think they have right now, they just have a lot of guys that – just a lot of guys that don't necessarily fit and just still trying to figure out what they want to do. Uh, so, right here with uh, the Ted pick, uh, the Washington Wizards are going to take Dyson Daniels. Uh, Point guard wing out of uh, G League at night, 6'7", 200 pounds, man. Versatile ball handler, man. Can play one, two, probably even some three in some small ball lineups. Uh, can really pass the basketball, unselfish. Good rebounder uh, for a guy's size. Versatile defender with 
uh, really good instincts on that side of the floor, man. Gets steals, active, um, guy that I think has some shooting potential. I think he can shoot better because you kind of look at those guys in G League. For some reason, man, none of those guys have good numbers. You look at him or Jaden Hardy, all these guys, three-point percentages in the 20s. Um, David and I have talked a lot about that on the podcast, about not kind of looking at those numbers as the end-all, be-all. Because, I mean, you got young guys coming into the G League against grown men. I mean, they're and they're trying to showcase themselves. It's kind of a weird dynamic. But I think Dyson Daniels is going to be a, a really good player um, in this league, man. Like I said, versatile, guard multiple positions, can play multiple positions, and I think he'll fit really well with the Washington Wizards, man. So we're riding with Dyson Daniels here. All right. I didn't fear he was going to be on the board much longer. Steven, moving on to you, sir. Number 11, the New York Knicks. So as the Knicks, I actually wanted Dyson Daniels just because of the need of a <laughs> point guard. So I suppose I'm going to go with Johnny Davis here. The um, I suppose a combo guard, but more of a shooting guard from Wisconsin. Um, pretty good defender, mid-range king. I I suppose they're doubling down on guys who could, you know, get buckets, having him play alongside RJ Barrett. But, you know, there's no real point guard on the board that I love, and that's the Knicks' biggest need. So I'm just going to go with the guy that fits best, and that would be Johnny Davis. Yeah, I like it, man. I think that RJ Barrett is a guy that can be the initiator on offense, and getting guys that can play off the ball and get buckets is something that would benefit that team. The Knicks are a team that I, I expect to make a splash in this offseason. And I know a lot of times, like mainstream media, the big markets, like they're they're pushing them. That you know, you see all oh, the Knicks are getting this free agent or the Lakers are getting this free agent because they're in such a large market. But I, I think the Knicks have got to kind of make that turn to where teams have adapted to Julius Randle. I think you got to turn the reins of this team over to RJ Barrett and start getting pieces around him. They're going to enhance his game. And a guy like Johnny Davis would be a great fit there. Yeah. And RJ Barrett's do his rookie extension. So, you know, they're most likely going to pay him to, you know, be the guy. Yeah. hundred percent. Corbin, you are back on the clock. The Oklahoma city get its second pick inside the lottery here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really was not that Johnny Davis is going to go to the Thunder, but I really want to be the pick of Johnny Davis. So shout out to you, Steven, and also I hate you. But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, joking aside, I'm joking aside. I think for the Oklahoma City Thunder, you got a guy now in Chad Holmgren who, you know, I think at best is going to be power forward for at least the initial, like the start, if not the majority of his career, unless we see him really bulking up and, you know, playing more of the five. So I want a bigger kind of prospect to play with him someone who can kind of man the five uh someone who's shown some intriguing um skills beyond just screen and roll uh even though he needs more time to really grow into that well guess what in Oklahoma City time is is in spades over there so I'm going to go with the 12th pick and draft Jalen Duran oh man yeah, I'm sorry, I said I know we're taking Taylor Duran um, out of Memphis. Like the dude, I'm a big Duran fan, Isaac. I imagine you are too. So much you take some talking. Yeah, but, but um, I just love what he brings to the table. The dude's only 18, built like an Adonis. You know, showed some passing chops that will only grow. Showed a bit of a jumper that I wish he would not show as much. But the fact that he's willing to take it so young, you know, get some NBA shooting coaches there, see what happens there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna let Isaac go on and, and speak some. But uh, I, I like Jalen Duran there as a perfect match um alongside uh 
Chet Holmgren in Oklahoma City. So yeah, th- definitely add show, definitely. Isaac, before you go, this show is going to air across a number of different podcasts. We talked about Corbin's Round Ball Ramble. Stephen has the Bird Rise podcast, and then Will, I can't even remember the name of his podcast, but he has <laughs> one as well. I'm kidding. I love you, Will. Will's, Will's podcast is all rookie podcast. So the, the Grizzlies fans that are listening to this podcast, they're already aware that Isaac covers the Tigers. He covers the Memphis Tigers for rivals. For those of you that are not aware, you are now. Isaac is a uh, he's a writer that covers the Tigers for rivals. And so he's going to have a lot of insight on anybody that played in Memphis. Yeah, man, Jalen Durant. Uh, I definitely had eyes on him for my next pick. But uh, as Corbin said, man, I mean, he's just so much potential, so much to like, man. He plays, gives you 110% every night. That's one thing you like about him. NBA body, no doubt about that. Uh, really finished around the rim. I think rim protection, I think, will translate day one. I think he'll be able to rebound. Uh, I mean, just to me, man, just – the the, uh, the upside is just off the charts. I think the one thing that he needs to work on when he's not dunking and finishing at the rim, I think uh, that none dunk finishes at the rim. I think the touch isn't fantastic. That's still kind of the, the developing part of his game, the post game, the footwork. Still needs to work on that, man. But as far as just coming into the league, being a rim runner, a guy that can catch lobs, guy that's going to rebound and play defense for you, he's going to be that day one. And you talk about his jump shot, uh, his form is not broken. I mean, you, you can look back to high school, man, he even – Knocked down some threes uh, on a high school level. So, and you can, he took, he took a few jumpers at Memphis. Didn't take a lot of them, but there were times where it looked pretty good. Uh, so, I definitely think there's some shooting upside there. So, I think he's a tremendous pick. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, been a lot of talk about him, Jalen Duran, and versus Mark Williams and Duke. And I think between the two, there's some people, especially a lot of people outside of Memphis that like Williams more. I think the upside of Duran is higher uh, than, than Williams. I think initially, Mark Williams might, first year, might have a, be, be a little bit better because uh, I think Duran still has room to grow. But I think if you're looking and projecting forward, I think Duran is definitely the guy that you want between the two. All right, Corbin, yeah. don't go anywhere. Stay on the clock. You are <laughs> up yes, next. Sir. Pick number 13, the Charlotte Hornets. And you know yep, Charlotte's mad because they need a big man, and you just took probably the best big man on the board right it, in front of them. So who are you taking at 13 for the Hornets? You know, I totally did, but I'm the gift that keeps on giving, except I give you the second best big man, I think. Um, with the 13th pick, the Charlotte Hornets are going to draft Mark Williams um, out of Duke. And listen, like, I agree with everything Isaac said as far as, like, what Williams will flash out the gate compared to Duran, just because Williams is two years older, um, definitely more of a much, like, I would say more defined role. Uh, there's not really a whole lot of studio space there. You know what I mean? He's not going to take any jump shots. He's not going to take any passes he can't make. Um, you know, he's going to, you know, set solid screens, protect the rim, and, and, and you know, finish at the top. And I think that that's exactly uh, what Charlotte needs. They just need some adequate big man play, period, uh, that isn't a Plumlee brother. Um, and I think they're going to get that. A Plumlee brother or a... Um, well, Zeller, a, a Zeller. There no, we go. Zeller. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. A Zeller or brother. Like, let's move on. Uh, let's diversify our attack at the five. Um, I think you got a guy in, in Mark Williams who will grow really well with LaMelo and these other young guys that got over there. All right. Fair enough. Steven, we are back on the clock for you, sir. The Cleveland Cavaliers at pick number 14. And this is an interesting one. The Cavaliers kind of turned a corner last year they were struggling they ran out of gas at the end of the year but they look good uh jb bickerstaff former grizzlies coach doing a great job with that young team up there what would you say the number one need for this team is and who are you taking steven 
Well, I think most people know, you know, Jared Allen made the all-star team this year and they just drafted Evan Mobley. So big men, they're covered. Guards, obviously, you know, Darius Garland also made the all-star team this year. Not sure what they do with Colin Sexton, but they did um, trade for Karis LeVert to kind of take over that Sexton type role that they had. So they are pretty covered on the guards. So with that said, I definitely think they do need um, like a defensive-minded wing first. Um, and the guy I have actually fits that role perfectly. I'm going to take Jeremy Sohan from Baylor. Um, Sohan is a guy who I actually thought was going to be like this year's version of Scotty Barnes because – I mean, Barnes is a much better prospect than Sohan is, but in regards to like a points forward type guy who could pass and defend, but can't really shoot. So they have offensive limit, offensive limitations because of that. Um, but it doesn't seem like Sohan's getting that same kind of, you know, rise that Scotty Barnes did where he ended up going fourth overall. So I, I, I have him number six on my board. So I do think that is great value for Cleveland at number 14. So not only is he number six on my board, but he also, you know, really fits what they need. Fair enough. That's that. I don't know that I've seen anybody that's had him that high on their board, but that's, you know, I, I love that about this. It, when you're watching film, n- nobody's going to see it the same. Like you, you can have 10 guys watch a prospect and they're all going to pick out something different. There's going to be certain things that just pop off and they're going to list those things but there's going to be something different from each of those 10 people. And so, you know, I I don't know. I don't have a big board. I don't watch enough film throughout the year to really truly do a big board. So I I leave that to the the guys that spend more time studying these draft prospects, but uh, I I love it. Like the pick there. I think that's a good fit for the the Cavaliers kind of gives them a guy. I think he's going to be versatile. He can guard multiple positions and uh and fill a need so that gets us back to the hornets pick number 15 they've got mark williams already in this draft isaac was looking at jalen duran he's gone isaac who are you taking at 15 for the hornets right now and what is your thought process behind that yeah well we got our zitter uh, i think that's kind of the biggest need for the hornets got mark williams uh a couple picks to go here with second second pick here uh in the draft and I don't necessarily know if this is a great fit. You gotta have you have Gordon Hayward and you have Kelly Oubre Jr. there. I don't know if those are guys that stop you from from drafting anybody. But uh, New Orleans, the, the Hornets, we're gonna take they're not uh, Osmani Zing, Osmani Zing out of uh, from the New Zealand Breakers. Uh, I think a guy that probably one of the biggest upside plays in the draft. Um, I think you look at the numbers and the numbers don't stand out at you, but you you just look at visually. Uh, the length, uh, the athleticism, a guy uh, who has a lot of room to grow. I mean, I think he – look at his frame. He can put on weight. Um, he's a, a point forward that I think projects to be really good. I think shooting potential is there. I mean, I think he has it everything that you want. I mean, he's just kind of a ball of clay that you can bowl. Um, and I think he could be a player, when you look back three, four, five years down the line, could be one of the best players out of this draft. And at this point, I'm just taking – who I, I believe will be a, a, a really good player down the line, man. So we're going to go with Gene for the New Zealand Breakers. All right, fair enough. Number 16, the Atlanta Hawks were back to our all-rookie podcast host, Mr. Will Harris, who took probably the shock of the draft so far and Jalen Williams at number nine to the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Will, who you got queued up for the Hawks at 16, man? Well, for the Hawks, I mean, I think they would be ecstatic to see 
This guy's still on the board, Malachi Branham. To me, I, he's my sixth ranked player in this league, in this draft. I love him, love his size. Six five guard from Ohio State, 14 points per game, 41% from three. I mean, he's a tremendous shooter. He can do everything offensively that you'd want to see on the court. And I mean, he, he has a little bit, he reminds me a little bit of a younger Ray Allen. A lot of people say he reminds him of Chris Middleton. Either way, that's a steal for Atlanta if he falls to that spot. And I think Atlanta really needs a shooting guard, uh, an upgrade at shooting guard. And I think he can fill that slot given a little bit of time. I think like, to me, Atlanta's biggest need would be somebody outside of Trey Young that can go and get buckets, right? Like, I, I think you you would like to think that Bogdanovich is going to be that guy for them. He's hadn't been able to stay healthy. But outside of Trey Young, they don't have a lot of guys that can go out and really get their own bucket. And, and I think that Branham can definitely do that for them. I like the pick. I actually, I like somebody, I like somebody that's on the board over him to do that but uh i understand taking him there definitely like the, the age thing so the 17 that puts me on the clock for the houston rockets and since will was kind enough to leave him on the board i'm gonna take uh Agbaji out of kansas the best player on a national championship team that the only reason he is staying on the board this late is because he's 22 years old not 19 so great pickup for the rockets that gives him you got Kevin Porter Jr. at the point guard, Jalen Green. Uh, I think you could probably play him at the three safely and uh, another guy that can go out and get buckets for him. Oh, don't you worry about it, David. He wouldn't have been on the clock past my two picks. That's that's <laughs> a good one for Houston. I think getting more of like not really – I don't want to say like an adult presence in the room, but somebody that's going to go in there and, and do what they need to do and can fit into a bunch of different spots is kind of what Houston needs right now. But what the Chicago Bulls need is a forward. And gosh darn it, there's one on the board. Terry Eason or Tari Eason out of LSU is going to be a Chicago Bull. Extremely excited about this for the Bulls. They, they, need, they have Patrick Williams. They need more because once Patrick Williams went out, they just didn't have other options. It was DeMar DeRozan at the four, and defensively, that's just not going to work. So, Tari Eason to Chicago at 18. And then I guess I'll roll into 19 with Minnesota. Uh, we've got a core of Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, and Carl Anthony Towns with a notable exclusion of D'Angelo Russell. He is not a part of the core. Um, and I don't really know what Minnesota needs in a group like that. Um, so I, I think I'm just going to go with somebody who I think can play pretty much everywhere in, in that regard. Um, and I think, I think I'm going to go with Ty Ty Washington, somebody who can play next to, uh, Ant and, uh, and not have to worry about, uh, taking too many shots. Like a lot of the other guys on my board at this spot. That's funny because he reminds me a little bit of D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's it's not bad. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I think he was Kentucky's best player in certain stretches, and once he went out, it was kind of ugly. He didn't really come back well for the tournament, but I think he's he's got some upside as a point guard, like an actual point guard, rather than uh, rather than more just like a combo. So, all right. So moving on, pick number twenty goes to the Spurs, and I am back on the clock. And, you know, the Spurs have a lot of, of guards. Looks like pick number nine uh, 
we, we talked about like the, the biggest shock of the draft so far of, of Will taking Jalen Williams there. And, and I'm going to kind of roll along the same line of the forward position. I'm going to take uh, Nikola Jovic here. I think that he, he is a guy that has a number of different tools that can fit on this team. He can be a playmaker. He doesn't have to have – he doesn't have to go out and get buckets. He can create for his teammates. And with the guys that they've got on that team, DeJounte Murray is a guy that can get his own and create for others. But outside of him, you know, we're yet to see what Primo is going to be able to do. He, he did get a little bit of playing time toward the end of the year. So, you know, the, the verdict is still out on him. But I just – I feel like Jovic is a Spurs-type player, and I think that he would fit in with his size. He's not a guy that's going to clog up the guard rotation at all. He can get in there and play, you know, three or four. He's going to be a, probably a little bit too skinny to, to play bigger fours. But uh, as you get him over into the NBA and put a little bit of weight on him, I think that he can play that and uh, give them a little bit of versatility, another playmaker alongside DeJounte Murray. And that will take us uh, – pick number 21 is back to Will. All right, for the Denver Nuggets, they have a lot of options at 21. For me, I think they'll need an upgrade from Will Barton. Uh, and for me, I think the best shooting guard available is really three, all uh, tied into this one spot. But for them, I'm going to go with mm, – this is a tough decision. But I'm going to go with Bryce McGowan's. That's my guy. I believe he is the best of the three available right there. Um, very talented guard. Let me find my information on him real quick. Um, yes, 6'6 six, six guard from Nebraska, average 17 points per game. His only knock is probably he scored, he shot 27% from three, but he's still developing. Uh, I think he's going to get a little bigger and he'll be a little bit better with Denver. You know, they worked in Bones Highland a little slowly. And I think they do the same thing for Bryce McGowan's, and he has the potential to come in and be a starter on the Nuggets. All right. Pick number 22 is the Memphis Grizzlies, and I'm super glad this worked out this way. Isaac and I cover the Grizzlies. He gets to make the pick at 22. I get to make the pick at 29. Isaac, who do you like at 22 for the Memphis Grizzlies? Yeah, man, excited to make the pick for the Grizzlies. And Grizzlies are a team that, really don't have a lot of minutes for uh, any rookies to come in, man. You got three picks, 22, 29, and, and 47. So they're a team that can afford to wait on players, even though the player that I'm about to pick is not a guy that I think that you need to wait on because he's a guy that I think can contribute immediately, and it's going to be Jaden Williams uh, out of Santa Clara, 6'6", six, six, uh, forward, 7'2", wingspan, um, a guy with some point forward potential, uh, can really make plays, uh, can really shoot the basketball, good defender i mean really you look at it he really doesn't have a weakness i mean he's a guy that can do it all uh, i mean can do a little bit of everything for you and i think he's a guy that can contribute day one now whether that's gonna happen with the grizzlies i don't know but i'm just looking at best player available and i'm hoping that this is the way the draft plays out in real life because when i look at 22 i have a list of guys that i like and he sits right there on top of that list of potential guys that could be there at 22 i don't think he's gonna make it to 22 but if he does i think the Grizzlies would be happy to be there, and I'd be super happy if that's the guy they end up with. Because, again, man, I think he's going to be a really good player, and I think some people are sleeping on him, even though he's shot up boards. He started off as a guy that was projected mostly in the second round, man, got in the combine, uh, did some good stuff there, man, really moving up draft boards. Uh, but I've even seen him take it in the top 15 um, in, in some box. So we'll 
We'll see where he ends up going, man. But I'm hoping that he's there for the Grizzlies at 22, man, because he's one of my favorite prospects in this draft. I've seen him go top 10. Yeah, I mean, he's really and- jumped up. I was listening to a podcast earlier today, and they had a former uh, NBA executive, like a front office guy, on the show. And he was talking about Jalen Williams. And he said, you know, as a former executive, when you're watching film and you're, you're studying these guys, it's almost impossible to know every prospect. And so Jalen Williams was a guy that he didn't really know much about. And he's like, as I was sitting down and making my board and writing names down, he's like, I kept moving Jalen Williams up. And it's like, okay, he was down here around 50, and now I'm watching him. I'm seeing how he's doing, and now I'm going to move him up to 40. And then the more I watch him, then I move him up to 30. And he had him late lottery on his board, and I wish I could remember his name. But I drove for seven and a half hours and listened to seven and a half hours of podcast. So oh, wow. I cannot tell you his name right now. Do you know what team he was on? Um, he so he he formerly worked with the Pelicans. I, I uh, was know. it my goddamn Purcell? Man, I can't say for sure. I I don't want oh, to. Okay, because he's been on a it. yeah. I worked with him in summer league uh, last year, and actually this year, in fact, too. And uh, he was on like a bunch of NBA draft podcasts, like No Ceilings podcasts and stuff over the last week or so he gave some takes and I had me looking up like it was William Harris talking to me. So that's why I was making sure shout out to him. You know, I love you. But um, That's what I was thinking. I think it might be him. I, he's the only Pelicans guy I know going around right now, but what you said, I think I was in the same one because it reminded me, David. Okay. All right. That's so cool. <laughs> we're back to our guy, Steven with the bird rides podcast, pick number 23 for the Philadelphia 76ers. Steven, what do they need and who do you like, sir? Okay, so as a Sixers fan, this is kind of a new as, Hold on. You're a Sixers fan? Who invited this guy on the show? <laughs> I knew I was coming. You can't start with that, Steve. <laughs> it sounds well, a Lakers fan. Steven, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, this will be your last appearance on the show. So uh, make this one good. <laughs> wow. I'm kidding, okay. of course. Um. I suppose the Sixers, again, like I just said with the Cavs, they definitely need some wing help. Um, the only – now, you know, Danny Green, torn ACL. He's not going to be back with the team next year. He has a non-guaranteed deal. So, I, I mean, they have Matisse Thibel and, I don't know, Furkan Korkmaz as the only two wings on the roster. And Thibel, I mean, he's fallen out of favor due to his offensive limitations. So, I, I suppose the best thing to do is to give them a wing. So, I'm looking at Marjan Bochamp from G League Ignites. Um, similar player to Thibault. He's be- a little bit better offensively, but has s- same thing, still some offensive limitations. But figure they do end up trading Thibault. You know, he is kind of somewhat of a clean replacement. Okay. I think his offense is significantly better than Thibault. Oh, yeah, I think definitely. that, you know, like and defensively, he's not – I think he's still going to be a good defender, but, uh, you know, not quite on Thibault's level. But offensively, I feel like that's a big jump for them for sure. I like that pick for the Sixers. Corbin, we are back to you. You get back-to-back. You have the Bucks at 24 and the Spurs at 25. Got some names kind of falling here that are surprising me. Going to be interested to see where they fall as we continue to work our way through this draft. We are 23 picks into the sports ethos mock draft here. Corbin, take us away for the Bucks. Who are you taking? You know, it's funny. The back-to-back picks. I got two guys uh, 
have quite a, a bit of a college pedigree that, like you said, has slipped. Um, eh, sort of in this area, so I'm kind of happy to go here. One's probably a little reach, but from Milwaukee, I'm taking the 6'10 player. Um, he was an All-American McDonald's 2021, uh, highest-rated recruit to come to the Horizon League. That's where he made his mistake. Uh, he actually played in Milwaukee, so this is pretty simple. I'm going with Patrick Baldwin Jr. I think that Milwaukee definitely could use some more shooting help. Um, additional scoring help. The upside on Patrick Baldwin is real, primarily because he did not go to a powerhouse like Duke, but instead chose to play for his dad, which, you know, for a family story, this was a Disney film or a Lifetime movie, my heart would be warm, but it's real life, and it went horribly. Um, he got injured 11 games in. His team was one of the worst to play. Um, they were in the bottom of the Horizon League. There wasn't a lot of talent. A lot of his teams lost by a lot. Like, I was watching a lot of film of this kid, and it was really kind of funny for me to like be like, oh, wow, okay, 10 to 14, he takes a mid-range jumper. Whoa, 33 to 66, like, what happened here? So, you know, with, with, with Patrick Baldwin, he didn't really play the best. I mean, this is a guy who comes with a rub of a shooter but shot 26% from three. But what I look at is his attempts. A lot of them were hard. He had two or three people on him. It was hard for him to create with so little spacing. He won't be asked to do that in the NBA. Also, a lot of his threes had, like, hands in his face of multiple angles. He was three of eight from what I saw on actual wide open catch and shoot looks which tells you how few of those he got um his free throw shooting he was 76 percent that's repeatable his shot looks good defensively i also like the fact that although he is not kind of slim he has the size and the ability to bang with some bigger players he won't be asked to do that too much but i can see him being a four in this league definitely a three with some unique size and the floor stretch ability so with the 24th pick the milwaukee bucks will select patrick baldwin jr now san antonio i'm oh, sorry and, and that's, <laughs> I like that you mentioned the, the team and, and what happened when a team is scheming for a guy, like he was the guy to stop. There was no other NBA talent on that team that he played for. So every team that they're going up against, like he's a number one. So I, I really, really like him. I like him a ton. And he's a guy that I like for the Grizzlies if he's on the board whenever it gets to them. In this mock draft, obviously, he fell past the Grizzlies, and that's fine. You know, that's possible that that could happen. But, you know, we, we were talking about a guy that had lottery upside coming into this college season, and he just, just made a bad decision to go in and play for his dad, got the injury, brought up a lot of questions about, what, you know, what's he going to look like at the next level. But I think that the quality of players around you makes a difference as well. And uh, and going to Milwaukee, he's not necessarily going to have to be productive day one. So that's a, a huge plus for him as well. Dope, dope, definitely. And then with the San Antonio Spurs drafting 25th, I am actually get, I'm going to grab I'm going to have them grab Trevor Keels out of Duke. I think oh. that you look at San Antonio, there's a lot of guards, a lot of situation. Well, Lonnie Walker is a restricted free agent. I doubt he comes back. You still have DeJounte Murray, you still have Trey Jones. What you get with Trevor Kills, the guy who at 6'4 is actually really stocky, shoots a three really well, good defender as well. Um, not really explosive as a leaper, but good as a pick-and-roll ball handler. I think he's another guy who can spell um, DeJounte Murray as a backup guard. Um, his three-point percentage, again, it, it's been kind of up and down, but he's built a little bit of a better reputation this past year. And I like him as someone who could defend both guard spots at the NBA level uh, with some decent physical tools. So maybe a little bit of a reach here. I mean, I have him mocked late first to the second round, so somewhere in between here. Maybe a unique fit for San Antonio, but I like what they can do with the more of a, I'd say, win-now-ready player. Let's just say more of an experienced college player. 
All right. I like it. Steven, we are back to you, sir. The Dallas Mavericks are going to be in a unique position heading into this offseason. I think that there are a number of things that they need for this team. What do you feel like the biggest need is, and who do you think is available on this board to fill that need? So Dallas could go, obviously, one of two ways. The first way is play it safe, take another guy who's going to contribute right away, you know, a high-floor type guy who they know will, you know, help with building that team around Luka. But what I think they really need is the other alternative, which is, you know, take the highest upside guy because you need that second star next to Luka that you currently don't have. So with that said, I'm going to take a swing with the Mavs with Jaden Hardy from G League Ignites. Um, same thing to what Colburn was saying about Patrick Baldwin Jr. He was like a borderline top. He At one point, I think he was top five going into the year when he committed to um, Ignites. And, you know, he, he really fell down boards because some scouts are saying he's selfish and selfish on the court, obviously. I'm not attesting to his character. But, um, but yeah, a similar type guy where he didn't really contribute to winning because he was just a stats type guy, but he's definitely a bucket getter. A guy like him playing alongside Luca with Luca running the offense, I really think that's the type of system that would have him hone in and thrive. And you know, maximize what you could get out of him. And, you know, nobody's questioning his offensive upside. It's clearly there. So why not, you know, you already have one dynamite offensive player in Luka. Why not add a second one to him? Yeah, and they've got uh, Brunson is looking for a payday heading into the offseason. There's been questions about whether they were going to re-sign him or not, what kind of money he gets offered. Out on the market, I'm sure is going to be – you know, that's going to be the biggest thing. Like, that's going to be have the largest impact on whether he is there or not. I like to pick Jaden Hardy was a guy that I don't feel like he's fallen this far in the real draft. I was surprised that he's still on the board. Moving to 27, the Miami Heat. And we are back with Isaac. Isaac, who are the Miami Heat taking at 27? Uh, the NBA uh, made, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, this year. Uh, almost broke through, took it to seven games. Really good basketball team, uh, a team who can take a prospect and, and kind of can afford to wait on them a little bit, uh, kind of like what I said with the Grizzlies. I um, mean, you look at their roster, you have Kyle Lowry at the point guard position who's getting a little older, uh, backup. You have Gabe Benson. I think there's room for kind of a backup point guard, maybe a combo guard there, and I'm going to take an upside play because, like I said, they have time to wait on a guy, and I'm going to go with Dalen Terry, 6'7", uh, 195-pound combo guard out of Arizona, um, a, a guy who has a lot of potential. Uh, the numbers don't stand out as you look at his numbers at Arizona. Didn't have a fantastic season, but when you're projecting going forward, man, I think he has big time upside uh, right now. He's playmaking. I mean, you just look at him at that size, 6'7", 195 pounds, plus wingspan uh, with point guard skills. Anytime you see a guy with that size that can handle the basketball the way he can, I and mean, you like what you see, uh, a guy that can, can really get in transition, um, has some defensive versatility, um, and, and I think, again, man, he's a guy that you can kind of sit behind Kyle Lowry and kind of groom and a guy that could possibly move into that starting point guard role one day. Uh, so with Miami, we're going to take Dalen Terry out of Arizona. I dislike you a ton right now, but that is okay. <laughs> I understand the pick. Moving on, number 28, the Golden State Warriors. Will Harris is back on the clock. Will, who you got for us at 28, man? All right, at 28, it's a couple 
spots I can go with for the Warriors. You know, it seems like to me they're struggling with scoring in the paint, obviously, because Draymond Green is having the worst series of his career, of his life, <laughs> ever playing basketball. So I'm going to stick with them. The G League Ignite forward, Michael Foster, 6'9", big man. To me, he's one of the best power forwards in this draft. 19 years old, he can really run the floor well, big athletic forward, and he was dominating grown men in the G League, and I think he will fit right in as a backup power forward for Golden State and potentially take over Draymond's job. All right. Number 29, the Memphis Grizzlies, and this comes back to me, and this one is significantly tougher than what I thought it was going to be because there's a couple guys that I thought were going to be gone. But I'm going to go ahead and go with a guy. Isaac and I have talked about him on the podcast, Kennedy Chandler out of uh, Tennessee. And I like Chandler for a couple of reasons. Number one, Tyus Jones is a free agent. There's a chance that he leaves. But even if Tyus Jones doesn't leave, if you sign him to a short contract, if you sign him to a two-year deal and you draft a guy like Kennedy Chandler with his upside – you can take these couple years that you still have Tyus and develop Chandler while you still have him on a rookie deal and Tyus can move on after that two years and Chandler can step right in and I think it will be a hand-in-glove type fit. So at pick 29, Kenny Chandler from Tennessee. Nice. Don't hate that at all. All right. I, I am on the clock at 30 with the Oklahoma City Thunder and OKC doesn't really need anything, and they have plenty of time to, uh, to, to wait. And so I think I'm going to go with Leonard Miller and give them a chance with an extremely raw wing and just bank on that upside since that backcourt is so stacked full of just a bunch of different types of guards. And then with 31, with the Pacers on the turn, Hopefully they can trade this pick and turn it into something uh, like in a higher pick. But uh, if they don't, I think I'm going to go Jake LaRavia from Wake Forest, who actually played at Indiana State or uh, maybe it's IPFW at some point as well. So forward from Wake Forest. We've got some interesting names here that have fallen. We're, we're done with the first round, making pretty good timing. I was a little bit worried, thought we would run super long. I'm not going to get long-winded here and change that. But we still have Kendall Brown is a guy that you see kind of mid-first round in a lot of places. He's still on the board. Walker Kessler has made it to the second round. EJ Lydell, power forward out of Ohio State, is another guy that has fallen outside of the first round. And Blake Wesley, the shooting guard from Notre Dame, all guys that have – in many places, been projected first round that are still on the board, and it's they win the board. It's another one out of Duke. There's a guy yeah. that, that projected a lot of places to go first round. He's still on the board. Yeah. To be Man. fair, I would have taken Wesley if if the Pacers get Keegan or another forward earlier in the draft. Then Wesley for sure goes off the board at 31 here. But with Halliburton, Duarte, uh, Matherin. Uh, Brogdon's still there. Buddy Heald's still there. TJ McConnell's still there. There's just way too many guards. Had to take a forward. 
Yeah, I also would have liked um, EJ Liddell in Minnesota. I know we were talking about someone who slipped. I liked who he yep. picked, though. Um, but also, I'm just going to share a foible of my own. I took Trevor Keels when I was thinking Wendell Moore. So there you go with that. Um, ha funnies. But yeah, <laughs> I like the fact <laughs> there's going to be some interesting picks in the second round. I'm looking at my nerves. I'm like, wait a second. He's not He's not on the board. I took him. I'm like, oh, no, I didn't. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, I thought Jaden Hardy had been taken. I would definitely would have took him earlier. So I, I slipped up on that one. I'm going to take – so I'm on the clock next at 32 with Orlando, and I'm, I'm going to take one of the guys that I just mentioned. I'm going to take Kendall Brown, and there are some definite questions about Kendall Brown and his game. Where is he going to fit? Uh, you know, is he going to be a wing? Is he going to be a four? Uh, just what's going to happen with him? But a, a guy that has gotten a ton of lottery, just, just a lot of buzz around him is Tari Eason. And where these two guys are projected, I, I just – I'm not buying Tari Eason. Like, the, the, I've seen him go as high as, like, eight or nine. And I would much rather have Kendall Brown, like, toward the middle part or the end of the first round than to take Tari Eason that early. Tari is a far better athlete. He's a lot more explosive. But he's extremely limited. Tari Eason, I'm not even sure if the man can spell left because he cannot do anything but go right. NBA defenses are going to know that, and I don't think that he's athletic enough to be able to overcome that. So I don't know that you're going to see him be that productive at the NBA level. I was having that conversation a little bit earlier with a few yeah. other guys, and they, they weren't liking that, and that's fine. Like <laughs> I, I, I don't disagree that Eason has the tools to be a first-round talent, I just don't feel like his floor is very high. I think that there's a good chance that he can bust because if he doesn't figure out how to use his left hand, he's going to get eight up at the NBA level. Yeah, I was going to say it's interesting that you kind of landed on a pick and ended up taking Kendall Brown because of that conversation. Me and David were in another mock draft here. That's a conversation that came up. Uh, with, with Ethan, I think Ethan needs to go to a situation where he has great coaching. Uh, like you said, there are some things there that you love, but as David says, man, that the left hand thing is a big, big time issue, and that's something that if he can't overcome that, it's going to be a big time problem. Um, I talked about that. If he's a guy, I know the Grizzlies worked him out. If if he fails at twenty two, I would take him there, but I don't like him like top ten, top twelve ish, fifteen kind of where you see him go. I wouldn't take him there, and I think I agree with David. I think Kendall Brown is better value at the top of the second round than Ethan is up in the top fifteen. Um, I think. Yeah, and, they, and they, I I, like where yeah. where Rhett took uh, took Eason in this draft at eighteen going to Chicago, I like that. I, I think that that's fine right yeah. there because he is hyper athletic. He has a lot of tools that can translate to the next level, and obviously we don't know for sure what a guy is going to be able to do. But to have that big of a handicap and to be projected as high as I've you know I've seen him in a lot of mock drafts going up into the lottery and. There are way more that there are 20 more people on this board that I would take over him. And, you know, it's so it's, it's crazy to me. I, I, I guess I'm just not picking up what they're putting down. We're not seeing the same things. We will move on. Uh, pick number 33, the Toronto Raptors are on the clock. And that is back to our guy, Will Harris. Will, who you got for the Raptors? Pick number 33. Well, first, before I get into that, I will say, I have to say this. Tari Eason is much better. Is a much better player than Kendall Brown. 
I love Kendall Brown, but you know, I think y'all are getting a little nitpicky. Tari Eason is 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 a lock for top 15. Now for the pick for the Toronto Raptors, I'm gonna go with a guy you may not have heard as well. Jordan Hall, the 6'8 guard from St. Joseph's. To me, he is the closest thing to Kay Cunningham, a little bit of Jason Tatum in this game. Big point forward that can do it all. Uh, you know, it's incredible vision, incredible passing, and he can shoot the ball very well. He could have came out last year. He returned for his sophomore season and improved and shot 36% from three. Um, if this was a real draft, I, I definitely think he's a top 20 player, but he failed to me at this pick. So it's a steal for me, Jordan Hall. 34, Oklahoma City, one of its 743 picks in this draft. <laughs> Back on the clock, and it is back to you, Isaac. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, Oklahoma City is a team who, I mean, you they could just pretty much draft anybody. I mean, they're a team that you look at their roster now, and I don't think that's going to be the makeup of their roster when you look three, four years down the line. They're just trying to find different guys and find out how they want to build a team and what fits and what guys fit together. So you're kind of a, a blank canvas when you're drafting for them. And I'm going to go with a, a guy and, and – I don't want to go with another forward. Um, they just took a forward, so I'm going to go with Max Christie um, out of Michigan State, um, a, a guy who you, you look at the numbers, and me and David talked about this on our broadcast. His three-point numbers aren't as great as you would like, but I think I'm not worried about that at all. I mean, you got to look at his shooting form. He's a guy I think that I, I think is going to be a really good shooter at the next level, um, a much better defender uh, than I thought he was. I'm a guy, a big college basketball guy as well, and I watched him. And when I started watching film on him, he's a better defender than I thought he was. Um, and I think that's something that I really like about him. I think he's a guy that could actually sneak up into the first round. But a guy constantly moving, you kind of look at those guys in Golden State with, with Steph, uh, Clay, Jordan Poole, those guys are always moving out around the perimeter. He's a guy that you see that you saw do that a lot at Michigan State. And I think he's a guy that projects as a guy that can, can really shoot the basketball. He really gets to his spots, uh, can, can shoot in the mid-range, uh, kind of a three-level score. Um, and, and again, man, much better defender. I think he needs to put on weight. Um, he's, a, he's a little slight, uh, but I think he, once he gets to the NBA weight program, he'll be able to do that, and it'll help him finish at the rim a little bit better. Uh, so I'm going to take him. I think he's a, another guy that a couple years down the line, man, could be a big-time scorer for them, whether it's a, as a starting-level guy or a guy out the bench that could be a microwave scorer. So with Oklahoma City, man, we're going to take Max Christie out of Michigan State. Pick number 35, the Orlando Magic are on the clock. Steven, we're back to you, man. You still awake on the East Coast? Yes, I am. So, okay. Orlando, it looks like already they just took Kendall Brown, and then, of course, they took Jabari Smith Jr. So, I'm going to actually give them a guard since they just got their two forwards, and I'm going to the highest rate of player on my board, and that's John Montero from Overtime Elites. Um, good playmaker, three-level scorer. I think as a point, he's on the smaller side, so I don't buy much into him being able to defend. But, you know, with guys like Jabari Smith and Jonathan Isaac and even bigger guards like, you know, Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz, I, I, I do believe that they could hide Montero on defense and, you know, utilize what he gives them offensively. So I, I'm going to pair him with the two forwards the Magic have already selected, and that's my pick. All right. We are back-to-back with Corbin, 36 to the Trailblazers and 37 to the Kangs. Corbin, 
a lot of names have fallen so far. Are you taking any, any of the guys that are still on the board that have fallen this far in the second round? Um, you know, for the Blazers, we are going to go with Kendall Brown. So that I, I, I guess you're that, not going to go with Kendall Brown. I took him for the magic at 32. <laughs> oh, I said, you said you're not going to go with him. Yeah, I took him. Okay. I mean, full transparency. Y'all, I had to dip out to use the restroom. Okay. So <laughs> I like, gambled and lost apparently. So <laughs> it's fine. I had a backup plan. I, I already knew that you took him. I just wanted the, the audience to, to be reminded. I'm going to go with Johnny Zuzang. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> out of uh, UCLA. I know that we took him. He was my wild card. I had one that I'm like, might be taken. One that wasn't taken. Listen, it's a marathon. Yeah, not a sprint. Um, <laughs> with Juzang, you know, one of the better scoring wings in college basketball right now. Wings is the operative word here for Portland. They've had less wings than KFC just before close. So you really want to make sure that you have someone there who, you know, is at least over 6'5". Juzang not only is 6'6 with a 6'11 wingspan, but he's somebody who can score the ball, do it really well. He was third in the Pac-12 points per game this past season. A really solid shooter made over uh, 38% of spot threes this season. And defensively, he showed a lot of improvement. Now he's going to be a solid level defender in the NBA, but um, as someone who could just hold his position, and again, is just a wing, uh, I think he's going to be someone that's going to be solid. I look at him like a Terrence Ross potential type player just with his ability to knock down spot threes and make sound decisions. So that's why I have going to Portland at 36. So we still got guy. We we have Wendell Moore and Blake Wesley, EJ Lydell are still on the board. Uh-huh. Guys that have been projected in the first round in many places. And Johnny Juzang comes off the board at 36. You're back on the clock again at 37. Who are the Kings taking? Now, this is where I take EJ Liddell. I think, one, just a better fit. I mean, power forward, yeah, I guess I could have worked for Portland as well, but they have a few needs with the picks that they have. Um, but when you what you get in Liddell is someone who I think is a great four in terms of bringing that defensive ability, um, also being able to shoot the ball pretty decently as well, um, like his size there, and I think he's someone that in Sacramento – Again, they've had a problem with threes, but I think he works really well at a four as a four alongside the Montes bonus of the five. Kind of giving, bringing an outside shooting and defense what uh, um, Sabonis gives up, and it's Sabonis kind of covering, you know, the passing, um, the extra rebounding, the inside scoring. I think they make a nice uh, match together. So we're gonna take EJ Liddell uh, with thirty-seven in Sacramento, and he's not slipping that far. But I like the value here for him. Pick number 38, the Spurs' fourth pick of this draft. Steven, back to you, sir. Who you got for 38? Okay, so it looks like the Spurs took a guard, a wing, and a center. So at, at this point, I'm just going to take the best guy available. And to me, that's Josh Minus from a freshman from Memphis. And Isaac could elaborate a little further on him. To me, he's a very switchable type defender and you know that's what people covered in today's nba um offensively i mean he seems to be a good cutter ferocious stonker he he still needs to improve his three-point shots but again very switchable type guy on defense and he won't get played off the floor in the playoffs and that's important yeah man josh minot big big time athlete i mean if you watch look at the numbers you're going to be like why is this guy even getting drafted i mean you got to go back to the season kind of a weird year where he didn't necessarily play a lot. There were games where he would have a role. There were times of the season and games where he didn't play at all. Uh, but the potential is there. Uh, like you said, man, a big, big time, big time athlete above the rim, uh, shot blocker, uh, good help defender, 
Uh, I think you good rebounder, and you, you kind of watch his video from the combine. Did I think he was like two of seventeen or something from three overall on the season? But you watch his video from the combine, man. He was knocking them down, and he even looked like he's worked on his form. Form was kind of wonky um, at, at Memphis, but it seems like he's kind of changed it up a bit. Really been working on his shot because I'm sure that's kind of what the scouts have told him he needs to work on. Uh, but I think he projects as a guy that could be a really good player. And, and as you said, man, very switchable. Um, I will definitely be able to guard multiple positions. And I think a guy that could, is an upside player that can really play out, pay off in the long term. Uh, so I, I think I, I love the pick there. So, Isaac, we'll keep it going with you. You're on the clock, 39, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, yeah, man, the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, on the clock, and they're going to take a guy that I'm kind of surprised still on the board. Uh, he's actually one of one of my guys. Uh, when you look at the Grizzlies, the 22 and 29 is a guy that I really like, um, and that's Wendell Moore, uh, 6'5", 217-pound forward out of Duke, uh, versatile um, all around, man, plays super hard on both ends of the floor. Um, he, he doesn't – he's not a guy that kind of – that really blows you away with with anything in any single category. Uh, but I think he's going to be a really good defender. Um, as a passer, I think he's a guy that projects as, as someone that you might be able to put on the ball. At some point, he continues to develop. Um, I, I think he could be a lockdown defender um, on, on the NBA. I think that's his best attribute. And I think he's one of those type of guys that can, can fit on any team. Um, I think he's a guy that if you're a really good basketball team, you like to have players like him on the team. I think he's a little older uh, coming in as a junior. And, and for some reason, man, NBA just doesn't like juniors and seniors. Uh, we've seen here with the Grizzlies, they take these older guys and have success with them. I don't have any qualms with taking, taking older guys, but I think that's kind of one of the reasons why he's kind of slipped lower. Because you look at some of those guys early in the draft, and we, you just kind of talk about this, like a, a guy like Jalen Williams, and you look at some of these guys that are going up higher in the lottery, and you're wondering, like, why is he not there? And I think it's because he's a junior. And I think Wendell Moore is kind of the same thing. I think that age kind of keeps him down a little bit, but I think he's going to be really solid players, really, really high floor. Um, and I think a, a steal here in the second round. Yeah, definitely. I would be shocked if he is on the board this late in the draft. Whenever we get to actual draft night, pick number 40, Minnesota Timberwolves. Will, we're back to you, man. All right, Minnesota can go a number of ways. When you're getting to this uh, type of level at the draft, pick 40, a lot of these guys are going to be in the G League most of the season, so I feel you have to take the best player available. And to me, I believe that is Christian Brown, the 6'6 guard from Kansas, you know, averaged 14 points per game, shot 39% from three. He's a junior as well as Wendell, and I think that's why he might get pushed down in this draft. But, I mean, honestly, if you look at his tape and you look at the tape from Tyler Hero, you pretty much see the same player in college. So I think the upside is too high to pass up. So I have Minnesota taking Christian Brown. Yeah, I think you're you're just looking for guys that are going to stick at this point, right? Guys that, you know, have some – have one elite tool or maybe two elite tools are, are just two good tools that could possibly translate. And uh, to me – I'm I'm glad that you passed on him. I, I'm actually surprised that you passed on him. Peyton Watson out of UCLA, 6'8", small forward. Uh, you know, the numbers don't look great when you look at the numbers, but that the size and length and his playmaking ability, I think that he is a guy that the Pelicans can take some time and develop him, and I think he'd be a fantastic fit there in the long run. So I'm going to take Peyton Watson out of UCLA at 41. 
And then we're going back-to-back 42 and 43 with Rhett. And the Knicks are on the clock at 40. I mean, I don't even know how this guy is still on here. It's got to be Blake Wesley. I don't even I don't know what the Knicks are going to do with him. Probably stun his growth and he'll do better in his second <laughs> contract somewhere else. But Blake Wesley's going to the Knicks. Um and I think for the Clippers, again, it's a guy that you think might just sticks. I think Ryan Rollins uh, would be my pick in this spot from Toledo. Uh, both kind of smaller guards, both good shooters, both uh, have a, a lot of upside with their size. I think um, real excited about getting both of these guys in the mid forties. Uh, he was still on the board because I don't have a um convenient way to mark guys off of my list and i forgot that he was still on the board so, oh yeah i've i've had a sheet going this whole time i was just yeah <laughs> just yeah. tried to keep I, it to I myself i should have printed off like the top 70 and just mark guys off but uh i did not so 44 atlanta is on the clock and again you're just looking at guys that are gonna stick i really like david roddy out of colorado state six six he is a, an older guy 21 years old he's a junior but I feel like he can come in and he, he scored the ball at Colorado State. But I think that he can be a good defender day one coming into the league. And that is something that, you know, you can never have too many good wing defenders. And so I'm going to go with Roddy at pick 44 for the Hawks. So that gets us back to Will. He gets to pick one for his team. Will has the Charlotte Hornets at 45. Will, who do you got for him, man? All right, the Hornets pretty much don't need anything at this point in the draft as a necessity, so they just take the best player available. And for me, I think I would have to go with Iverson Molinar. He is that you know they could use a backup point guard. They brought in Isaiah Thomas last year, and you know they I think Iverson Molinar, the six three point guard from Mississippi State, has a six eight wingspan. He's a big time scorer, can shoot the three. Um, you know, he plays under control. He can do everything you would want from a backup point guard with potential to be a starter. So I love his take. Iverson Molinar, Mississippi State. All right. 46 is Isaac. 47 will go to Steven. Isaac, you're on the clock at 46 for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, we're, we're at a point in the draft right now where you're just kind of looking for, for guys that'll stick. Um, and Another guy that's projected to go in the first round that hasn't gone yet. He's not a guy that I love, but I think at this point in the draft, I think it, it's really good value, and it's going to be Walker, Walker Kessler, uh, center out of Arban, um, a, a guy who uh, can, can score at a low post, um, really as a center can score off all-ball motion plays. Um, he has some stretch big potential. Um, I think he sets really good screens for teammates, good, good rebounder, solid rebounder. Solid potential. Uh, I think his best best uh, attribute would be shot blocking. I think right now, I think that will translate to the NBA again. Not a, the biggest fan of his, but I think at this point in the draft, I think I think he'd be a steal here. I mean, with the Detroit Pistons, they're just a team that's trying to get guys who can play. Uh, and I think at this point in the draft, I think you could do a lot worse than Walker Kessler. The irony of the Pistons having Walker Kessler and Luca Garza would just be <laughs> would, would be fantastic to me. <laughs> Steven, you are back on the clock for the Memphis Grizzlies at 47, sir. Okay. 
let me get Hugo Bassone, um, combo guard for the New Zealand Drakers. I like it. He's a very big time microwave scorer. He gets hot in a hurry. He has very deep range from three. Um, it, it just gives the Grizzlies a different element that they don't really have. And, you know, at the same time, they could have multiple options with him. If Ty, if Tyus Jones walks and they need a backup point guard, you know, he could kind of, he's not really a true point guard, but, you know, he could take some backup guard minutes. Or in the alternative, if the Grizzlies do keep Jones and they already have so many roster spots committed to guys, he's a guy you could stash overseas for another year or two. So it kind of gives him that optionality. And again, he provides something that the Grizzlies don't really have. So that's why I'm going to go with him here. All right. I like it. Corbin, you're on the clock back to back. I, I feel like you've made every Kings pick. I know that's not right, but it's, it just seems like it. So you're on the clock, 48 Minnesota Timberwolves, and then 49 the Sacramento Kings. Who are the best players available at this point in the draft, Corbin? Oh, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do me like that. I, 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 I there's a few players here that I, I think are still very solid pieces that, are going to be picked. I have an agenda for these two picks. So I, I, what, I'm, what I'm about to pick right now are guys that I would have on these teams. But um, you know what the heck? They're good players. You know what? Um, I'm um, I'm going with, and this is, this is kind of, he's late second round. But I'm going Scotty Pippen Jr. here. Who was that? Scotty Pippen Jr.? Oh, yeah, I like him. I like him. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I felt bad because I know when, when um David asked me, like, I don't know if he's, like, one of the best ups <laughs> on the board. But listen, like, he's somebody who's been really one of the more productive scoring guards in college basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been in a power in a tough power conference, and he scored a lot of points. Now, mind you, he's been, like, the guy for Vanderbilt over the last couple of years. Um, He had the highest usage percentage in the SEC. You know, um, he's someone who is definitely going to want to hold on the ball, and that's not going to work at the next level because he's not that good. But – <laughs> he led the NCAA in free throws made and free throws attempted um, this past year. Uh, led the SEC in points per game. Somebody who made 42% of his unguarded catch-and-shoot threes. He could really shoot the ball and from deep. Um, good mechanics when his feet are set. And or defensively, I mean, just like his dad, you know, he has a really good set of physical tools. A nice long wingspan, um, some good leaping ability, some good lateral quickness. I think he's really solid on ball. Um, his frame's kind of thin. So I don't know if we're really guarding bigger defender, like bigger guards or bigger wings, but in the team concept, I think he's great um, for just guards his position. I think he'll be fine as well. And this is a guy who, you know, again, was a prolific scorer in college, definitely going to adjust his game and become a more consistent shooter. But I see the tools there and I like the potential fit. All right. Taking him on namesake alone. I am. uh, (laughs) I'll listen to you blow smoke. That's 49 (laughs) Sacramento Kings. Who you got, man? Oh, if you like that, Junior, wait till you get this one. So, uh, Sacramento, I've been trying to go bigger, been trying to go with wings. I took another guy on his namesake. In fact, the father used to play teammates together. Took Ron Harper, Jr., right, out of Rutgers. Um, Another guy who, I mean, it's funny. I feel like these are just, oh, usually juniors, but I actually watch a lot of these guys and really enjoy them. Um, I'm actually happy to get the chance to pick for them. Um, I think Ron Harper is someone who – Athletically, you know, there's 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 a little bit of issue. There's no eye popping athleticism there, but he is a guy who can shoot pretty solidly. I love the way he's able to shoot. Um, made 43% of his threes. Um, really good on trail. Nice coming off the screen. Been a solid overall defender as well. And again, at this point in the in the game, you're looking at prospects. I, again, I like that both of these guys. Um, Ron Harper Jr. for Rutgers, four year career, like solid college basketball pedigree. 
um, and knows how to fit in a team concept. And I think that his skill set fits so well in the NBA, you know, being 6'5", having a nice, solid frame, being able to guard multiple um, positions defensively, and also being a, a reliable, complimentary spot-up shooter. So um, I almost look at him like a, a better version of a semi-Ojale, who, you know, had some minutes on a decent Boston team. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm going with the 49th pick from Sacramento. All right. On to pick number 50. We are winding it down. Eight to go. Steven, you are back on the clock. Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm going to take Julian Champagne here from St. John's. Similar to what I just said about Hugo Besson, same same idea. I mean, they're different positions, but same same concept as like a microwave scorer type. And that's something Minnesota could definitely utilize. He's a bigger body. His, um, I, I believe they're twins, but his brother, um, Justin Champagne had was on a two-way on the Raptors this year. And yeah, as I said, bigger body. So Minnesota could utilize him, possibly play him at the four, which is definitely a position in need for them. And, you know, he's a guy they could bring off the bench and be like the go-to option off the bench for, um, for their offense. All right. I like it. Isaac, 51 Golden State Warriors. I know you love making this pick, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, man, I, I got it. I think fits the Golden State Warriors perfectly and, and kind of the way they like to play. And it's going to be uh, Caleb Houston, uh, 6'8, 205 uh, pound forward out of Michigan, man. Really can really shoot the basketball. Uh, you love his size. A good size at 6'8, 205, can play the two or the three. Uh, really good passer. Uh, can really handle the basketball, man. Some, some point forward potential there. I think he's a guy that you can put on the basketball at, at times. Um, and also a, a pretty good perimeter defender. Um, I think he would fit in really well uh, with what they like to do. And you kind of see some of those guys with Clay and Steph getting a little bit older. Um, I think he's a guy that could potentially step into one of those positions uh, in three or four years down the line. Uh, but a guy that I think comes to the NBA immediately that can, can really shoot the basketball. And I think you'll be able to play some perimeter defense. You're wanted again, man. They're a team that has time to wait uh, for, for guys. They don't necessarily need a guy to step in. Uh, so he's a guy that, that might take a little bit of time, but I like a lot of his tools. And he's a guy that I'm kind of surprised is projected as low as he is. I, I think him and Max Christie are guys that, yeah, man, you look at some of these guys at the lower first round, you kind of scratch your head thinking, why aren't these guys projected higher? But he's a guy that I really like, and I think he really fits the Warriors. All right, 52, the New Orleans Pelicans are back on the clock. Will, we are back to you, sir. I think they, the Pelicans should go with Christian Coloco, the seven foot one center from Arizona. Uh, David, David's mad. Uh, I'm, I'm not happy as well. <laughs> 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 like, man, I hope this guy goes undrafted, but no. no I'm just uh, see, David hates I him, didn't say but... that. I, I didn't say <laughs> yeah, that. That man hates the logo, man. <laughs> I, I said, I, I'm not a fan of his. And that this is like strictly Grizzlies related. <laughs> there's not a single spot in this draft where he could fall that I would want them to spend the draft pick on him. I just, I, man, I you wouldn't like him at 47, even no. at 47, man, like man. He, he's not, <laughs> I, I don't think that he's a guy that makes the league. I don't think that he sticks. I, I feel like he is. They a, did work him out. <laughs> I, they, they did, but I, his footwork, man, you go back you watch that PAC 12 championship game, man. He was, he was bad in that game, I agree. He got absolutely exposed yeah, he, in that game. And the level of talent is going to be significantly better at the next level. He, he's not a guy – like, he's going to be a drop defender in the league, 
And I don't think that he's that good of a drop defender, man. And and that's I, I I'm never gonna wish any of these guys go undrafted. Like that's I don't know him on a level to like be like have a personal vendetta against him, but I just I don't like his game. I, I don't think that he is a guy that is gonna be able to stick in the NBA. Hey, we'll, well see. Well, after you hijacked my player, you know, I'm going to tell you the good things about him. Go ahead, bro. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> but no, he's seven foot one with a seven five wingspan. I mean, he has great size. He gets in great post position, runs the floor well. You know, I think he ha- he has a little baby hook shot there. You know, through the season, his shooting was decent, but as you've seen through the combine, he's worked on that shot, and he actually uh, was one of the best shooting big men in the combine. So. If that translates, obviously he'll be able to work on other things. Most people have him going in the late first round. So if he was to fall to 52, I mean, you you have to take that and try to mold him into what you think he could be. But, but as of now, he's a solid pick, solid player with great upside. And he averaged three blocks a game. I mean, he's a great rim protector. We, we're going to talk about level of competition on that or no? Just, just checking. Let's move just on. Just checking. It's better than, better, better than the West Coast Conference. No, I'm just <laughs> right. Uh, so, Boston Celtics, <laughs> pick number 53, are on the clock. And I'm going to go with Justin Lewis out of Marquette here. Oh, man. I think, Take my I think that, uh, that that's good value for him at, at 53. And Boston is not really in a spot where they, they – not that they don't have needs, but, uh, you know – Justin Lewis is a guy I think that he could go in and play multiple positions because of his size. Like he's going to be able to defend multiple positions. He's going to be physical. And I think that uh, Boston would be a good fit for him. I don't have anything to add there. Moving on, uh, skipping over 54 and 55 because of tampering, moving on to the Washington Wizards. Uh, There should be rebuilding once they trade Bradley Beal, but instead they're probably going to do something like uh, take Alondis Williams, a point guard from Wake Forest, who is pretty solid, but I'm, it, probably not much upside here at 56, but he, he could make the league. And then moving on to pick 57, Golden State Warriors. I have them taking Dominique Barlow from the overtime elite. Nice. All right. So that look, you didn't even give me time. I'm trying to write stuff down. I'm back on the clock with the Cleveland Cavaliers. No, sir. Not messing around on these last five picks. Uh, and and they got, you know, they their team. I, I'm gonna go with Yannick Sosa. Um, he he is a guy that he's extremely raw. He's only been playing the game for about five years. Uh he, he gets up and down the floor very well. There's still a lot of stuff that he needs to work on, but on a team that uh has plenty of big men in front of him. I think that they could take some time and develop him, and he could be a guy that could be a productive uh, bench big for them at the 56-58th pick for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Will, you are back on the clock. Portland Trailblazers next to last pick, and then Isaac will finish us out. So you killed Christian Coloco and turned around and took Yannick and Sosa. I'm just, I'm just bro if, if you want to have this like it's late in the second round it's almost midnight on the east coast i know steven's probably about to drill on his microphone over there but sosa is better than coloco right now and he's only oh, been playing no. the game for oh five. i don't know about i don't know about right now oh, like I, right now so like can, can come in the league like right now and play defense at a, like at a three, good four years level out of line, but, floor, man 
don't know, man. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but moving right along, I'm going to go for Portland. I'm going to go with Musa Diabate, the 6'10 power forward from Michigan. You know, he's a player that could have returned to school, but he uh, chose to stay in the draft. So most people think he has a promise to potentially go late first, early second. So to fall to one of the last picks in the draft, I think it's a steal. He's a big man, great athleticism, rim runner, cutter. Uh, and if he works on his offense, he could be a true steal. That was Musa Diabate. All right. Number 58, Indiana Pacers. <laughs> Isaac is going to wrap us up. Yeah, man, the five, final pick of the draft here, uh, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, as they call it in the NFL draft, uh, with the Indiana Pacers. And I'm going to take a guy who I I'm kind of surprised uh, that, that they're still on the board here, uh, Andrew Nimhard, uh, point guard out of Gonzaga, uh, 6'6", 195. Uh, you love his size. Just a really, really smart basketball player, uh, high-character guy, a skilled playmaker. Um, you you kind of talk about Tyus Jones and the Grizzlies. He's a guy that – I think it could step in day one uh, and play back a point guard. Just excellent in the pick and roll. Doesn't turn the basketball over. Um, like you said, man, comes from a, a winning basketball team in, in, in Gonzaga. Um, I know David's going to talk about my Chet Holmgren. Thoughts on that. But I think you get him at pick 60, man. I think you're doing fantastic on him. He's going to round up the draft. I'll take Andrew Nimhart out of Gonzaga. All right. Great draft. I appreciate you guys coming on. We'll run through the first round here real quick, and then I'm going to let everybody tell you where you can find them, and we will get out of here. So pick one, Orlando Magic, Jabari Smith. Pick two, Oklahoma City Thunder, Chet Holmgren. Pick three, Houston. It goes with Paolo Banchero. Pick four, Will going with the best player on the board, Sacramento Kings. Take Jaden Ivey. Pick five, Keegan Murray. Pick six, Indiana goes Ben Matherin. Pick seven, Portland goes with Griffin. Pick eight, took a little bit of swing at an upside there with Shaden Sharp. Pick nine, Will with the shock of the lottery, taking Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. Pick 10, the Wizards taking Dyson Daniels. Pick 11, we're taking Mr. Davis out of – look, I was about to say the wrong school. I'm trying to get ahead of myself. Johnny Davis out of Wisconsin – uh, pick 12, Oklahoma City Thunder on the clock again. Took Jalen Duren. Back-to-back big man coming off the board at 12 and 13. 13, the Hornets take Mark Williams out of Duke. Pick 14, we got Jeremy Sohan out of Baylor. 15 is Usman Jang. 16, uh, Malachi Branham. 17 is Ochi Agbaji, and I about butchered his name too. I'm struggling. It's getting late, guys. I apologize. Tari Eason at 18. Minnesota gets Ty Ty Washington at 19. The Spurs take Nikola Jovic at pick number 20, 21 to the Denver Nuggets. Bryce McGowan's 22 to Memphis. Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. Pick 23, the 76ers get Marshawn Beauchamp out of the G League Ignite. Milwaukee Bucks at 24 take PBJ, Patrick Baldwin Jr., my guy. Uh, San Antonio Spurs at 25 take Trevor Keels. Dallas Mavericks at 26, Jaden Hardy slipping all the way to 26. Heck of a pick for them. 27, Dalen Terry to the Miami Heat. 28, the Golden State Warriors take Michael Foster from the G League Ignite. 29, Memphis takes Kennedy Chandler out of the University of Tennessee. And to wrap up the first round at pick number 30, Rhett taking some uh, swing at upside with Mr. Leonard Miller. Shout out, Canada. 
guys, we appreciate you coming on. Who did we lose anybody? Who we got left? We got almost everybody left. Rhett actually had to go. He had to cut out. It was getting late for him as well. Rhett is on Twitter. And again, he hosts our uh, the Sports Ethos um, Dynasty podcast, Punt Intended. He is at Rhett. Let me get his name as uh, add up here real quick. It's at Rhett, R-H-E-T-T underscore Bauer, B-A-U-E-R. On Twitter, go and follow him. If you are a dynasty basketball player, he is a must-follow on Twitter. Gives you a lot of great information and a great guy about answering questions. We will run it down. Let's go. I'm going to go left to right on my screen. Corbin, let everybody know where they can find you, and then Will's going to follow you up, followed by Steven, and then Isaac will get us out of here. All right. Well, I, I gotta thank you, uh, David, as well as everyone here. Will, Stephen, Isaac, uh, Rhett, for uh, doing this whole thing. This is a lot of fun. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Corbin MBA. Uh, check out Round Ball Ramble. It's literally a podcast where I ramble about the round ball. So definitely make sure to do that. Part of the Sports Ethos Podcast Network. But again, you can find me on Twitter at Corbin MBA, and it's been a blast. Appreciate it. And I am William Harris at William is Bill. And my podcast is the All Rookie Podcast. Talk about rookies and incoming rookies all year long. If you love it, check it out. And, you know, thank you guys for having me on the pod. Even though, you know, I embarrassed y'all with my amazing picks. (laughs) (laughs) Steven. Yes, you could find me on Twitter at Birdridge Pod. I am the host of Sports Ethos' Birdridge Podcast. And for those of you who don't know, I am um, a front office guy and I I am releasing my mock offseason in the next week or so here where you can see every move, every free agent signing, every trade I have that I anticipate. And yeah, so other than that, be on the lookout for that. And thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, you bet. I enjoyed it, guys. I am on Twitter at David W2111. The show that Isaac and I host together is the Sports Ethos Grizzlies podcast at ethos grizzlies isaac let them know where they can find you and get us out of here man yeah man definitely enjoyed this man was looking forward to it man really really enjoyed it um as david said man i co-host the ethos grizzlies podcast um along with him i mean you can find me on twitter at isaac underscore rivals i-s-a-a-c underscore rivals make sure you go over to at ethos grizzlies give us a follow and follow all the shows on the ethos grizzlies uh, ethos podcast network man just great content pumping out daily man so make sure you check all of that out uh david and i will be back with more draft content throughout the week so make sure you be on the lookout for that and until then man thanks everybody for tuning in and we gone